Hi, I'm Justin. And I'm Bridget. And this is The Open Source Show. Okay, Justin, lay it out for me. What is cloud native? Cloud native is a loaded term that uh, <laughs> is, is, I mean, a lot of you know marketing and hype around it, but it's really about how to use cloud environments and how to make use of them uh, for the you know, best value to your business. And, and being native just means I no longer control the infrastructure or the services completely. I don't have to run those things and, and understanding why that's valuable and how your applications will look different when they are in a cloud environment. So you're talking about abstractions. You're picking the level of abstraction that your application is going to interact with and reside on a specific set of infrastructure. Abstractions is one point of it because abstractions add value in a lot of cases where, you know, I, I talk to the Linux kernel now, I don't write an assembly. Uh, but it's also about using services when you can and, and not necessarily trying to build everything yourself because you don't have to reinvent, not everything has to be invented in your company because a lot of these, you know, hard problems are solved and, and you don't have to always rewrite things from scratch. And, yeah. and I'm, I'm not writing a Linux kernel or, or a networking stack, I'm writing applications that provide value to real people. Can you talk a little bit about how did you come to write a book about cloud native? Just like building applications, the book kind of evolved from uh, being very focused on the projects and, and what the Cloud Native Computing Foundation does as far as being an umbrella organization around these projects and really kind of change instead of focusing on the projects themselves, focusing on the patterns that have emerged from these products and from companies that have been running infrastructure this way from the companies like uh, Netflix and, and Google and Microsoft understanding what the value was in the patterns and not necessarily just, you know, you need to run containers, you need to run Kubernetes. Learning from all these other companies that either were building clouds or using clouds early on and seeing the process and, and how they were using those. I mean, when Netflix was doing this, like there was no, like Kubernetes wasn't a thing. There was no Docker. Um, they were doing it with VMs and they, they understood that the practice was more important than the tool specifically. And that's really, uh, what we try to lay out in the book, and, and, and Chris also does a great job explaining uh, kind of if you are building something that you need to run infrastructure, how to take the patterns out of projects like Kubernetes to run it a specific way that adds more value instead of just, you know, here's a bunch of bash scripts I threw together and, and now it's production. Yeah, and I feel like the work that I've done with infrastructure, it ends up being like you can hand tool a lot of things if you want to build it reproducibly. And if you want people to be able to consume it as a service, that's an entirely different ballgame. But when you're looking at like the entire CNCF, what would you say makes the most sense for someone who is pretty sure they want to get involved in some sort of cloud-native development? Start as high in the stack as you can and work backwards. Uh, find out what the application does, how that provides value to the business, whatever that value is, um, but reaching customers and, and and really making an impact uh, that matters to the business and working backwards and seeing kind of what the lowest thing that you have to do that's different than any other competitor and, and not starting from the ground and saying, well, I need to buy some servers and I need to rack them because obviously that's you know sure. a lot of work and, and people do that and it doesn't differentiate a business. Taking a critical look at what, you're, what problems you're trying to solve mm -hmm. and why you want to solve those problems because yeah, interesting problems, engineers just love them. You know, We'll eat those things up and we'll write them, you know, whatever distributed log in my free time because that's right. fun. Uh, but really, where does it provide value and, and how is that the next thing that you want to do? And then understanding, do you have to run this thing? Is this something that, you know, I'm going to do it different than, than all these other providers doing it from, you know, from distributed logging or just regular cloud environments that provide compute for me? Do you have to invent all those things? 
Probably not. From there, also learning from how these other tools are doing it, how other companies, you know, if you need to scale drastically, like having declarative APIs and having, you know, like pull-based like metric systems, like like there's all these things that we learn from these projects that are are just kind of fundamental, but really for an infrastructure engineer, you know, start as, as close to the application as possible and work your way backwards to see, oh, okay, this is the part where I break from everyone else or there isn't a service that provides this thing or we need to run it a different way and then work your way up from there. Well, especially I think because every single piece of unique to you, unique to your organization, code, that, the glue code that you need to write in order to deploy your application, that's more cognitive load, that's more things that people who come into your organization have to learn. Right, and it's not even that because it's also uh, how much of this is composable and how much, how tightly coupled did you make these two systems together versus how can I just replace that piece? And, and if someone does leave the organization or when the situation changes, right? Like now, hey, guess what? We need to go this other direction. We need to pivot, do something else. Hey, I need to plug this other piece in because it solves a, the problem a different right. way and that's important. Yeah, and, and that's where really, I mean, being in a cloud environment is super beneficial because these cloud providers have solved a lot of those problems <laughs> and, and you can just say, hey, call that API, give me a Kubernetes cluster, we're done. Yeah. If people want to catch up with you, if they want to read your book, if they want to interact with you on the interwebs, where would they do that? Yeah, I know there's uh, some links in the show notes. Um, I'm on Twitter pretty active. I'm Rothgar on Twitter, and, and uh, the cnibook.info is, is kind of information about the book. I'm really open to just having people reach out online. I know Chris is the same way. Um, we're both active in Kubernetes communities in the CNCF. We're on GitHub. Uh, if you're used to the open source tools, we're available and reachable, and hopefully you can find us on there. Nice. I love it. And this is, of course, the open source show. And you know people can check out open.microsoft.com if they want to see more and contribute. Ralph? Yeah. I want to ask you a few questions. Great. What do you do? Who do you work for? Uh, I work for Microsoft. I'm a program manager with the Azure Kubernetes service. Why Kubernetes? It's a wonderful open source uh, container native orchestration tool. It is incredibly flexible and powerful. Flexible and powerful. Can I have one large cluster all around the world? You could, but you might find that the feature set is a little different than what you expect on your machine or in your data center. How do you spell it? Uh, I spell it K, the letter, uh, the number eight, and S. The letter eight. One of the letters. What's AKS? AKS is the Azure Kubernetes service. It's the managed Kubernetes service mm -hmm. where we own the masters and the services that normally involve touching the masters yep. are provided as part of the service. And right. there's an SLA for those, and the nodes are yours, so you really focus on your application. Okay. What about um, ACS Engine? ACS Engine, ah, I see where you're going. The ACS Engine is the open source version of the templates that we use underlying okay. AKS. Yep. And so you can actually participate with the team as we build the AKS features there in completely open source. Participate with issues, vote things up and down. You yep. could actually submit a PR for your favorite feature if you want. Awesome. What would you have as a going away message for people to get started with Kubernetes? With Kubernetes, it's open source. I would say, go look at the docs, go read the code, have a great time, and actually look maybe for something Maybe contribute, too. Yeah, maybe yeah, contribute. Absolutely. Awesome. Thanks for the time, Ralph. It's you been bet. great.